It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Raptors, it is the beginning of a three-part mega off-season mailbag with myself and Katie Heindel. We have so many questions. Literally 40 questions came in. We are going to get to some of them on part one, the rest throughout the week. Let's buckle up. There's not even anything to tease to. There's just a lot of Raptors-related questions, normal on-court basketball stuff, off-court weirdness. It's all coming up on today's first part of the mega mailbag with Katie Heindel. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1229 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, August the 8th. We're recording this in the past. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every episode of the podcast. You can also find the podcast free and available on all of your favorite podcast apps. And you can also go to YouTube and subscribe. Hit the big red subscribe button. Support the, support the show. It's so, so appreciated when you help out. And uh, all right, let's just dive into it. Uh, we got a lot to get to on your first listen of the day. It is the first of a three-part mega mailbag recorded in July to drop over the course of this week while I am lounging in the sunny climbs of Vancouver Island on my honeymoon. Katie Heindel is here. We have so many questions. The people really came through on the call for lots of questions, more questions than we could ever possibly get to, I think, over the course of the next three episodes, but we'll try our darndest. Katie, how are you? Are you ready for all of the questions? I'm ready. I hope future me doesn't have COVID anymore, so (laughs) that's cool that it just gives me a couple of days to get over it. I'll apologize to everyone. I'm going to try and keep my stamina up. I got this organic kind of Gatorade ready to go. Hell yeah. What uh, is organic Gatorade? Please, please explain like that It's like a bougie drink I bought at the grocery store hmm. that's um, good to have on deck. But after drinking so many Gatorades and then being like, wait, there's so much sugar in Gatorade. It's probably not the best for me after five days. It's like, this is watermelon flavor. It's got electrolytes, salt less sugar i don't know it's just like juice watered down juice <laughs> there you go it's uh i'm gonna maybe try and sponsor the podcast hang in there day. um yeah. if i start sweating <laughs> don't worry about it everybody 
Oh, don't worry. I will start sweating on this podcast for sure because we're hunkering down for three straight records yeah. in the room where there's no AC in my house. The AC is flowing the... outside, but for the oh, sanctity God. of recording, acoustics, and everything, we're gonna be real. Uh, we're gonna be smoking myself out in here uh, as the sun creeps closer to my window. It will begin to start baking me like I'm in a greenhouse. Uh, but let's dive in. Thing. Yeah, this is the most <laughs> vigorous thing I've done in a week. So let's see how it goes. I appreciate you battling through the COVID. It's your COVID game. Uh, much like Michael Jordan, Katie here to answer some questions. All right, Katie, let's begin. This one question, this question here comes from Matt M at double M O eight. Should Ken Birch be allowed to experiment like precious did last season, take the ball up in transition, try to dribble drive past players more seriously. Should the Raptors give all end of roster players or rookies that freedom to explore their strengths and weaknesses more acutely? I think this is an interesting question, Katie, for a team that, Seems to already have a lot of mouths to feed on the offensive end. Lots of different guys who want the ball in their hands, who should have the ball in their hands, who can score, who can create. What is your thought on developing the back end of the rosters kind of in that same mold of being able to do all the things? Do you think that could potentially lead to like concerns of just not having enough ball to go around for all these guys? And do you think maybe siloing off development into more sort of role player specific stuff is maybe more the way to go? I'm curious what you think on this one. They should, but they won't. I think right. that the that ship has sailed, honestly. I think this will be an interesting season because it's kind of the first time in Raptors history where there's such a plethora of like end of bench or end of rotation players that are actually pretty good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm also thinking of who's going to get those last spots from camp um, and what I saw at Summer League, basically. You know what I mean? Like this will have to be a siloed developmental year for the Raptors because well on paper maybe they're not as competitive or like they're I don't know why Vegas has the odds so low on the Raptors because nothing's really changed they've yeah. just gotten bit a bit better <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> the it's gonna be yeah it'll just be like way more competitive for these guys so I don't think Kim I like Kim a lot mm-hmm. but I don't think Kim showed last season that he necessarily it's a lot of responsibility, right? To, mm-hmm. to be handed, to be like, you now have the space to be creative because we've seen something in you that there's this spark and you're going to actually run with this and make the most of this opportunity where Precious did that and it paid mm-hmm. off in spades. I don't know that Kem is there. I want that for him, but I don't think this is like the tinkering. Last year was the tinkering year. And even that was cut short because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we tinkered enough and these guys are really developing and, now we got to give them room to grow because you still got to give Precious, Scotty, you know, like their space and you got to get them the ball. So mm-hmm. I think uh, the roles are going to have to get carved out actually pretty quick. And I yeah. think those roles might be fairly strict for the first time for like those end of bench guys. It's not going to be like Nick Nurse tossing guys in to just like sponge up minutes and like mess around. Mm-hmm. I think playtime's over. <laughs> <laughs> playtime is over uh what a way to put it I, I i do think katie there is something to the idea it makes it sound like you're sort of mm. suppressing a guy's ability for growth or whatever by saying hey you should try like working on these couple things that are really going to make you play up as a role player on this team but i actually don't mm. think that's true because i think We've seen in the NBA, like, role definition is important. And even if it's not with the Raptors where a guy sort of molding into a specific role comes to bear fruit, like, that could be something that prolongs guys' careers, that they maybe aren't these everymen who need the ball in their hands, who can do all this stuff, who can make a play with it in their hands. Like, there are 
plenty of roles around the NBA that are low usage that require a couple of very specific specialty skills. And I kind of think, you know, a guy like, for example, Justin Champagny is an interesting case for this, right? Like, I'm sure they could give Justin Champagny more reps with the ball in his hands. That's Mm -hmm. what he was in college. He had the ball a ton. But, like, he's shown great offensive rebounding chops. He's shown good defensive chops. And he's flashed a little bit of three-point shooting. Why not just try to figure out if you can make a low usage, stand in the corner, like, grab offensive rebounds and hit threes kind of guy? Like, those guys have value. And and Mm -hmm. as much as it's nice for everybody to be good at everything – there's just not enough room on a basketball floor where there's different roles that are needed that are, I think you got to fill. And so I, I like the idea of siloing off development a little bit as opposed to just sort of saying, hey, do a little bit of everything. When a guy is 21, maybe that makes some sense. But with a guy like Ken Birch, to sort of go back to the question, he's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 by the time the season starts. Kind of know what Ken Birch is and what he does well and what he doesn't do well. I don't envision Ken Birch grabbing balls off the glass and going court coast to coast and doing, you know, spot up, pull up threes at the, at the top of the arc like Precious did last year, right? Like, that's just not a thing I think we'll see. And I think that's fine. And I think, you know, Ken Birch has been a guy who's gotten some i think he's just been a little bit forgotten i i, I would say in mm-hmm. terms of the conversation of the team i don't think he figures into like the day one nine man rotation assuming full health but as 10th men go you could do a lot worse than kem birch as your 10th man and i think that's probably kind of the ideal place to be to have him on a reasonable deal hanging out there to sort of fill in the gaps when you need some center plate there's an injury etc cetera, etc cetera. um i'm hoping for a nice little bounce back of health for kem birch as well um katie we're going to continue on here with the mailbag spectacular we have gotten through one question of the 40 that came in through one segment we're not on a very torrid pace but we'll try to pick it up in just a sec (laughs) coming up we'll do that here on the podcast but first let me tell you about our friends over at betonline.net the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your sports betting needs find your favorite sports and events injury reports podcasts everything you might need to be the informed wagerer whether you're betting on baseball football basketball hockey combat sports esports golf all the different sports they mentioned in the lonely island song and more you can go to bet online and find the lines the information you need to be the informed wagerer so you're not just like me indiscriminately dropping money on stuff just because it feels good in your stomach go and be a smarter wagerer go to bet online and get all that info they have you covered with everything that you might need for example, maybe you want to throw some money on the Raptors hitting the over in this upcoming season. As Katie just mentioned, the Vegas lines on them are low. They just won 48 games. I don't know where they're losing games uh, off of what their total was last year. So why not go bet them to hit the over? Bet them on hitting 50 wins. Tease it up to 60 if you feel like it. It's all there. Head to Bet Online today uh, and check out their mobile device or their easy-to-use website. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
We continue on here with your first listen of the day, hopefully digging into more than one mailbag question in this here segment. This one comes from Logan Christie asking, if no trades happen this offseason or season, is Eastern Conference Finals slash Finals out of the picture for this Raptors team? Katie, Hmm. what say you? Is there a surprise run to the third or fourth round in the cards for the Raptors as is? I never want to count them out. You know, I really Mm -hmm. don't. Um, I don't know. ECF feels a bit far, though. Mm-hmm. It feels like a long way to go. Um, I think, you know, second rounds, not unreasonable, not mm-hmm. like an unrealistic thing. Uh, but it will be like a weird, the landscape of the East is not necessarily more clarified than it was. No, it's extremely muddy. Yeah. There's like yeah. two enormous potential trades that could shake it up. Yes. It's uh and yeah. even it's beyond that, if those yeah. if they stay, um, like if Katie stays, if Kyrie stays, even if Donovan Mitchell goes to the Knicks somehow, um I we've seen what like how unsure superstars are in mm-hmm. their first season with the team even multiple superstars in their first season with the team, <laughs> right? Yeah. Celtics are, I think, going to be like a pretty realistically good team. They got better, I think, every game of the finals. Bucks are there. It, the ECF is tough, but like yeah. the Raptors are also like very crafty. They're very much a momentum-based team. You've got several core guys that could go and take like pretty great leaps, I think. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. season that you don't want to count out. I will. I say ECF maybe like guard your hopes a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I would say that the Eastern Conference Finals is certainly on the table because we've seen in recent years that like the bracket has as much to do with who makes the Eastern or the Conference Finals in whatever <laughs> conference as anything else, right? Like the Blazers made the Conference Finals the year the Raptors won the title. There's some trivia for you. Like that was not a Conference Finals level team probably, <laughs> but like they made it. Good for them. It's awesome and there's nothing wrong with that. Same with like the Hawks in the bubble season, right? Or the season after the bubble where they make it all the way to the Conference Finals. Like it, it if the bracket breaks in a certain way where you avoid one of those three powerhouse teams in the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers, then absolutely you can make it there. Even if you catch one of those teams and they're injured or something like that, there's obviously a pathway there as well. I wouldn't say that I would project the Raptors as one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference next season mm-hmm. if we're just going to go straight up. It's chalk. There's no weird standing stuff. No team has to scrape into the playoffs because of injury or whatever, just like taking their foot off the gas. Obviously, the Nets could potentially just like run it back and be very good again, too, if they decided to do that. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't I have know. no idea how to predict what's going on there. <laughs> but who, who even knows? But um, it, it doesn't seem likely, but no. the Heat are still kicking around, right? Like there's it's clustered. It will very much depend on the bracket. But I do think mm-hmm. this team, with a leap from Scotty Barnes, which I think you can probably expect to some degree, whether it's he jumps to 21 a game or he jumps to 26 a game, probably more likely it's going to be the former, not the latter. But if we do see some form of leap from Scotty Barnes where he's clearly like he was in the back part of last season, like the second best player on the team behind Siakam, then I do think there's a world in which they can be conference finals worthy because, like, you throw a team with a 
like a, an ascendant Scotty Barnes, an All NBA level guy, and Pascal, an All Star, and Fred. Everything else they got going for them, like 100. percent And they could also do themselves some favors, Katie, by winning lots of regular season games because they're deep and good. And then that makes them sort of in control of the bracket if they can be the two seed and maybe set themselves up with a favorable pathway through. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, again, I don't know if it's terribly likely, but I do think this team's really good and they're closer to me. To like the top four era area than they are to like falling into the play-in mix, I would say. I, yes. I really, really believe in the sort of composure or the composition, the composure, the composition of this team. Uh, let's get to another mailbag question here. This one comes from Raptors Over Everything at Drew two four one six five zero five zero. Drew, get a better handle. Uh, if you could make a Raptors, that's an team egg with... handle, Drew. <laughs> Come on. It's a good question, though. So it's not an egg person. If you not could make egg. a Raptors team with all Canadian players, who would be your starting five, Katie? So basically, what's your ideal starting five for the national team? Uh, Shay, Lou Dort. Uh, who else would I want? Uh, Do you want Dylan Brooks? He's no. a wild card. He's a maniac. <laughs> he is a maniac. <laughs> He is a maniac. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's good to have a maniac. Mm-hmm. Who You're going to have to help me because of my brain. Who is the <laughs> quiet and tall guy on the Mavs? That Dwight Powell. Yeah, Dwight. I would take Dwight yeah. Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Oh, like, do we have to put Wiggins on? I guess so. We don't have to put Wiggins on. He's but good now, he's I guess. He's good. So this is our this is our this uh, my team. The world's our oyster on this question, Katie. Okay. There's so many Wiggins. Canadian players. Wiggins. Okay. I didn't pick uh, according to position, but I picked okay. according to number of guys. Uh huh. I'm gonna go uh, against my usual inclinations against tanking, and I'm gonna say an all Canadian tank team, baby. Let's go. Uh, you get Ben Matherin in there, who's a rookie. <laughs> Probably not gonna be a very good team, but you get him in there. You get Chris Boucher. Great experience on the Tampa tank team. You're tanking for another star Canadian in this situation, I'm assuming. Like, I'm assuming in my hypothetical world, uh, like, the next great Canadian, who I think is Elijah Fisher, I want to say is his name. Uh, like, he's the guy that you're trying to tank for with all Canadians to then build that roster out. So you got Ben Matherin, you got Chris Boucher. We'll throw in... Uh, how about this? Some Canadian elite basketball propaganda. Minnesota Timberwolves two-way man. A.J. Lawson, baby. Alongside Milwaukee Bucks near MVP of Summer League, Lindell Wigginton. Also CEBL alum. So we got those two guys on the wings and in the backcourt. He's from Dartmouth, then, right? With Lindell Wigginton is from yeah. Dartmouth. This is we correct. talked about uh, Donaires once at Summer League. Great guy. That sounds like the best. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had talked to Lindell Wigginton about Donaires when you he was playing can. in the CEBL. I guess I can. I'll just ring him up. <laughs> hey, Lindell, what about Donaires? Am I right? Uh, who are you? Stop calling me. Block <laughs> this number. Uh, yeah, and then we'll go. Let's let's give Ken Burch some run as the starting center on this tanking Raptors team. You got him incumbent with Chris Boucher. You throw him in with Matherin, Lindell Wigginton, and AJ Lawson, and you're gonna go get yourself Elijah Fisher and be set up wonderfully. And then you can go sign Shea Gildas Alexander when he becomes a free agent. Um, all right, next question here. This one comes from. Uh, this isn't a question. It just comes from Raptors fans 3504. Uh, more egg handles. Pascal Siakam MVP candidate. No period. No no punctuation whatsoever. That's just the statement. Thoughts, Katie. Sure. I like the I like the belief. I mm-hmm. like the belief behind it. 
I mean, there is a world if the Raptors do go and win 53, 55 games and are one of the top three seeds in the Eastern Conference, it's probably because Pascal Siakam has expanded upon what was an incredible season last year where he was Mm -hmm. an all-NBA player to be an MVP candidate. You're probably like... It's always difficult, right? I don't think he would ever win it because, like, a Giannis and Jokic and Embiid are just, like, obviously better basketball players, and that's fine. But, like, MVP candidate? That's, like, the whole he's got to be in the conversation thing. And, like, could Pascal Siakam be in the conversation for MVP votes at the back of the ballot? With enough wins, he will be the best player on the team. I think it's certainly on the table. He's made the All-NBA twice now. Like, he's got some reputation he's won hardware in the past that's the kind of you have to think through the mind of the voter on this one and i could see some people throwing a couple votes siakam's way do i think he will win it no but like could he be the damian lillard honorary number five guy on the mvp ballot absolutely he could i think that's totally on the table i think damar was in there last year what's tough about that though Mm -hmm. is that uh on most other teams if some if if a player is like the best player on just like a very bad team, they could get an odd for it. But for that mm-hmm. to happen for Pascal, the Raptors also need to be very good to be like on the radar, right? In mm-hmm. general. So mm-hmm. he's got that kind of stacked up. That's just like a double. Like he can't just be good. The team has to also be good. It's a very good point. Very good point. And uh, hey, maybe him and Scotty Barnes cannibalize each other's votes because Scotty Barnes is just that good. In year number two. Why not? It's August. We can get crazy with our optimism. What the hell else are we going to do? We're going to continue on here, Katie. Finish up. We have three questions in the bag, so that's good. We'll probably get two or three more in the final segment to tee you up. And we're going to talk Summer League as well, as you are a Summer League person. You were there. Uh, So we're going to talk to you about that. Me and COVID Uh, were there. Yes, you and COVID were lurking the halls of the Thomas and Mack Center and then came together in a wonderful union uh, that has left you feeling not so good for the last Mm -hmm. week or so. That sucks. I'm sorry, Katie. COVID's no fun. Um, we'll uh, get back in a sec here. But first, just want to remind people to go and check out Locked on NBA every single day throughout the offseason, covering all the latest in the league, previewing the season to come with a rotating cast of wonderful, wonderful hosts, including recurring guests on this show, like our friend Tony East and John Corrales and all those good folks. So go and check out Locked on NBA on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, let's continue on with some mailbag questions. This one here comes once again from our pal at Drew24165050 asking, uh, oh, I lost it. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Who are you most impressed impressed with at Summer League and why? Katie, who you got? George is barking. What was the question? <laughs> I said, who are you most impressed with at Summer League and why? Okay. Um, I was pretty impressed with, I got to say, I was pretty impressed with Armoni Brooks yep. uh, in his games. I thought he was like a very good, like steadying kind of presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very impressed with DJ Wilson. I mm-hmm. really hope, I really hope that they guarantee his contract. Um again just like it's weird to be like someone's a vet when they're like 24 but it's just you know he has the nba experience um 
he just seems like a good when you're a roster and like the bottom end of your roster potentially might be stacked with a lot of younger players and mm -hmm. looking at like the development that you you perceive like you want Coloco to have you still want Scotty to have I feel like it's good to have like a young guy but who's still like been around the league a little bit you know what I mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he also fits the kind of prototypic I think Raptors sort of success arc um and though he was a little bit more quiet I really liked Ron Harper Jr. yeah yeah, I wish I had like honed in on Ron Harper Jr. more. He he was someone I who sure just kind did. of was going on. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of in the orbit of like Delano Banton having the ball the whole time. And I, and I guess my answer is probably mm -hmm. Delano Banton, um, just because yeah. there's like an expansion of what he does there going on, I think. And he's sort of trying to broaden his horizons as a playmaker. The turnovers are still a thing and, the, you know, the sort of you can get out of control a little bit. But it was notable to note like... Notable to note, I'm very good at English. Uh, like just like the sort of, I think the calming of his game in ways. Like last year, he was very frenetic, very just like I'm running all the time. Uh, and this year in summer league seemed a little bit less like that, a little bit more probing, a little bit more sort of controlled, sort of changing of speeds a little mm -hmm. bit, which I think is really important. Um, so he's probably my answer. Jeff Doughton too, you know, was really really good. Got yep. himself a two way yep. deal out of it, so you can't not say him either. Uh, the answer to this question is certainly not. Rodion's Kurooks, who was terrible and never should have been invited to the goddamn thing to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. Next question here. This one comes in from the aforementioned Tony East of Locked On Pacers and Locked On NBA, asking who between you two would win in a game of Connect Four, Katie? Uh, what's the strategy? It's like who goes first with Connect Four, usually. It's kind of like who goes first, I yeah. think. So Unless like I, the, I, yeah. someone kind of misses out very, or like you you kind of like, you know. If you're like very spacey, move. yeah. yeah exactly. Like I think the way to win at Connect Four is to draw your opponent into deep conversation where like it's the game is not sort of front and foremost on your brain. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the question is. I'm very good at tricking you. Yeah. yeah I'm very good think, at tricking you. So probably I yeah. would win. I have a very low level for focus and attention span, so I would totally be bad at Connect Four. I'm really bad at it now. Like I, I'll play against like my niece and just get smacked. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not fun. Um, as much as I, I love a board game, Connect Four certainly not one of them. Um, you don't love a vertical board game. That's fair. No, I, I I do like a battleship. I am pretty good at battleship. I like what about uh, a clue. Do you like a clue? I, guess I do that's like. Both. That's vertical and flat. Clues, are you thinking guess who? Guess who, yeah. yeah Clues yeah. the murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun if there was a guess who clue version where uh, it's, oh, I know, it's David who did the murder. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. <laughs> Actually, you might, uh, you're coming to my wedding, which has already happened in the time this podcast is being seen. I think we have like guess who games that we built up with people from our wedding party and stuff. Atlanta's very creative it's cute cool. um yeah so you might get to we might get to play a vertical board game against one another katie and know the answer to this question in one way, way shape or form by the time this even airs we'll report back uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's get to maybe one or two more questions here to round out this one i had it and then i lost it there's just so many questions to sort through here uh this one comes from james gleason asking what is your favorite playoff trash food 
Katie, I don't know about you, but I like to snack during the playoffs, uh, whether I'm watching at home, whether I'm in person and watching the games from press row, I'm a heavy snacker. Are you also the same? And if so, what is your preferred playoff Mm -hmm. trash food? If I'm in the arena, um, Mm -hmm. I'm probably going peanut M&M's. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, if we're back in the media room, then I'm having hot dogs too. But um, mm-hmm. that's like would be my trash dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, How many hot dogs you go for, Katie? What's your typical? Go-to? Oh, just one usually. Just but, one. Okay. No, I won't say this. No, that's fine. You know, sometimes it depends what the nice dinner is. You, can, uh-huh. you know, the accoutrements are kind of by the hot dog spinner. You can yeah, put yeah. those on your hot dog. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> JQ's uh... going to ban me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think sorry. it's weird to put rice and peas on a on a hot dog. Candy, no, like when they had cheese, like once there was yeah. like feta or like, you know, right, like right. Uh, pickled vegetables or whatever mm-hmm. the chef does, you know? Um mm-hmm like a kimchi or something anyway mm-hmm. uh at home it's a smorgasbord man it's a free-for-all yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say like i'd like a in a, in a perfect world nachos mm-hmm. you can make you know make those up at home load them up how you like get real generous with yourself when you're dipping you're gonna dip sour cream you're gonna dip guac whatever you want to do mm-hmm. um, if it's a really stressful yeah. game i'm watching from home i'm ordering fast food and i'm ordering Far too much of it. Like, I, right. I'm doing the thing where on the app, it's like, are you sure you don't want this? This is what people often order with this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll have that. Can you promote more stuff to me, please? And I'll have that, too. Um, that's usually... You're getting the Dom's two medium, one cheesy bread special. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course, I'm getting wings on top of that as well. What are we talking about? Obviously. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ordering monster food at home. When I'm at the game, yeah, it's... Uh, it's usually I'll just like splurge on the like the meal itself. Like I'll go to the concessions and get myself like a big fat chicken sandwich or something like that, mm-hmm. fries and all that. Um, that's usually a pretty good route to go. I also am quite fond, Katie, of the sushi at the arena, which I know sounds troublesome. I've never but had it. I don't trust it. I one time this I didn't trust it either. But <laughs> I one time saw Kevin Arnovitz, noted man who likes food get the sushi at the stand in the arena and i thought i thought if kevin arnovitz can do this it's good enough for me because i don't like the foods that kevin arnovitz surely does um because he's far too advanced to his palate so i'll just uh, if he's settling for that i feel like i'm in a pretty good spot um i should also say my favorite trash food ever was a big staple of mine during the nba finals when i was uh going to love a little bar that i know you're familiar with called hurricanes on blue west we love, love Cane's uh, pizza rolls. Like every quarter break, ordering a new round of pizza rolls for the table. That was uh, what sustained me as I went and watched the final four games of the NBA Finals at Hurricanes. Just because I mean, then you're just eating wings at Cane's for me, anyway. Also, that anything? like that was my yeah. meal. Pizza rolls was dessert. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, the grilled wings, Hurricanes. Boy, I gotta get back there sometime soon. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, All right, Katie. I think that will bring us to the end of mailbag number one. We got two more parts coming for you the rest of the week. So stay tuned for those. Uh, 
probably don't need to promote anything because this is all happening in the past. So go yes. read Basketball Feelings. Go read Dime. Follow Katie on Twitter at Woodevs. Follow me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. Tell a friend, etc., etc. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday with part two of our off-season mega mailbag on Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 